Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds podcast. A little different intro here. Just want to let you know our sponsor for today is DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. The season's still here. Uh, It's about to start, and all your drafts are wrapped up, but it's still not too late to check out DynastyOwner.com. Make sure you email Tim at DynastyOwner.com. That's right, Tim at DynastyOwner.com to check out their 2020 seasons that are upon us get in on your unique way to play dynasty fantasy football with an actual nfl salaries in an nfl salary cap that's right how good are you managing an nfl team how good of a gm could you be could you be howie roseman could you be john dorsey find out dynastyowner.com manage a salary different than auctions even better than auctions dynastyowner.com check them out today dynastyowner.com Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, host, Rich Dotson. Oh, yeah. We made it, Matt. The 2019 season is upon us. Tell me. Tell me more, Rich. All this rookie prep. All this rookie talk. All these players getting traded. Like crazy. People just quit on us. (laughs) But here we are. Came back. The 2019 fantasy football season. It is upon us. Are you ready to win? I'm ready. Are you ready to take the home of the ships? Oh, the Are you ships. ready to get this? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, that's right, people. We made it. We made it. The 2019 season is upon us. Congratulations. We made it through relatively healthy without one person quitting the league. And another person tears ACL, as in Andrew Luck and Lamar Miller. We've made it to the 2019 season, Matt, is about as healthy as we've ever been. I can, yeah, as, as long as I can recall, anyway, the past few years, anyhow. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Oh, whoa, way, hey. And via uh, Skype, Garrett Price. How's it going? Yeah, oh. yeah, Garrett. I thought we lost you there for is, a second. Is oh. he there? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a ghost. I am here. Can I be Demi Moore and you be Patrick Swayze? <laughs> Hold me closer. Why mold this clay? <laughs> Get on that clay. Oh, it's so romantic. Mm. So we got uh, a lot of news and notes, obviously. Rosters are cut down. We've had some trades, and we're going to cover some of that today uh, before we get into our Nerd Herd episode where we're going to do our bold predictions, Matt. I can't wait. I love those. Uh, they're so fun. They're and I got, my, I'm going to do one on here just because it kind of ties in with the last guy we're going to talk about. So I can't do it. No point of doing it twice. Right. right. So you'll get one of my bold predictions uh, here at the end of the show today. But first uh, and foremost, let's talk about a couple of things here. Uh, recently, like 15 minutes ago, Jared Goff just signed an extension till 2023. That's awesome. Um, you know, big surprise. It sounds like it's going to be the, um, the largest contract ever by an NFL player. Right? Oh, is that how that works? That's basically how it works with these uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, most guaranteed money ever. Probably, you know. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. They just didn't, like if I was a GM for like my quarterback, like if I was trying to extend Baker, Dak, you know, instead of giving them all this like more money, I'm like, yeah, just, let me just guarantee your whole contract, buddy. 
Yeah. No problem. No big deal. No big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, if Baker te- tears his ACL and stubs his toe, you, nobody's not, cutting him. Bite your tongue, sir. Bite your tongue. True, true. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I've been cursed for too long. There's no way. Oh, my God. I'm just going to shut up now. Yeah. Come on, man. So, I mean, that's not really surprising news. We're just going to kind of mention it here. Right. A little bit. I mean, it's noteworthy. I mean, it's it's a good sign that they that they like him long term. I, I guess. I, I just don't, don't want to you know shake this out too much because right. you know I'm playing with it. So, um, uh, somebody else about to become the highest paid <laughs> their position as well. Zico Elliott reportedly going to sign here within the next 24 hours. By the time this podcast comes out, he could already be locked up as a long uh, largest paid running back in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it sounds like um, from all you know all reports, it sounds like it's going to be a six year, ninety million dollars. So it's going to be about fifteen million dollar per per year average, and he's going to be the highest-paid running back in the league. Yeah, I don't even understand why teams get upset about this. You should know the rules, right? Like, if you're going to have a player that's top three in his position, top five in his position, you're going to have to pay him the most. But don't worry. He won't be the highest-paid for long. No. Pretty soon, it's to be good value. Yeah, you know, really down is. Three years in, from in now, three he years, won't be. Right. In three years, it's going to look like a great contract. I mean, just 12 months ago, Odell Beckham was the highest-paid receiver in the league. Not anymore. Not anymore. And right. by this time next year, he might even be the top three. Right. Who knows? I mean, it would just get the. I'd, I'd be trying to sign these guys as soon as possible. So when they, you know, the salary cap goes up, I, it looks like I have a deal here about four years down the road when I, they want to hold out because they're not the highest paid receiver. In the I, I believe it was the Eagles that used to do that about about three or four years ago. They'd get a guy on like their third year or as soon as they could sign him to an extension, they'd sign him to an extension. It was good money at the time, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't the, the ridiculous money. And then three or four years into the contract it's an excellent value just like you said true story garrett are you there i am here you know what it's such a different dynamic because like normally i'm there and i'm just like oh i'm just gonna like interject here i have no clue when to interject like zero clue so you know i'm just gonna be like the distant third party that's like you know uh you just chimes in here and there and sounds uh halfway intelligent oh thank god you're not gonna talk that much (laughs) Somebody tweeted me today. They don't even follow me. They're like, dude, can you please shut up and let the other guys talk? And I'm like, uh, I want to write back. I'm like, no. 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 It's In kind fact, of a- I would like to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> now your new host, Garrett Price. Garrett, tell us about Zeke Elliott. Hey, guys, he's a good running back. Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> I like him a lot. Wow. I very, think should, very insightful. I think he's a top four fantasy running back. Now that's the news you've been waiting for. Uh, so again, those are two news. Like those are both things that don't surprise anybody. Doesn't really change anything. But like I predicted with my magic crystal balls, that Zeke would for sure be locked up by week one. Once again, the balls are correct. Now, apparently, apparently. Rep- reportedly, there are a pair. Yeah, it has not been set Emily? in stone. He What's hasn't. Emily, he hasn't signed anything. He just flown home from Cabo. Ma- Matthew, Matthew. By the time <laughs> that this. Podcast oh. comes out, he will be signed as the largest contract in running back history, All right. NFL history for a running back. All right, I'm dyslexic. It's okay. You're all, <laughs> you're also ambidextrous. It's fine. I'm a lot of yeah. I'm a lot of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about some. Now let's get into some other things that happen here that I think are newsworthy. All right, Garrett, feel feel free to interject as you want to. When you start talking, we'll just stop talking. Which is hard for me to do. Do I, do I really have that much power? Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll play this by ear. This is all new to us. <laughs> um, you know, it's a big week here. Just, I no need to be here. It's just a week before the season. Not even a week. The season starts tomorrow. I cannot wait. I cannot wait either. My boy Mitch Trubisky. Big game here. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers versus Menner's own Mitch Trubisky. Mm. We get to see David Montgomery and Matt Nagy's offense. 
Uh, I got some bold predictions about that offense as well. I'm going to see Matt LaFleur and his offense to see how that goes. I am so excited. I'm in 25 leagues, so I have a player on every single team. Of course you do. I've always got somebody to root for. My kid's like, oh, do you have some people on your fantasy team tomorrow, Dad? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes, I do. I got Mitch Trubisky. I got Aaron Jones. I got David Montgomery. I got Allen Robinson. I got Anthony Miller. I got Trey Burton. I got Devontae Adams. So every every person on every team. No, I don't have. Derrick Henry. Don't have him anywhere. Well, nope. he's, he's also not playing on, yeah, on, well, on Thursday. I got a bold prediction. Who would have guessed I have a bold prediction for him on the next show? Hmm. Is it good or bad? Hmm. Ooh. That would be the hot take as if it was good. That would be the hot take if it was good. Mm, call me the Mr. Hot Take. All oh, right. boy. Let's get some other hot takes. So, an unofficial depth chart in San Francisco, Matt Breida is listed as a starter. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, my. Well, to me, it's an unofficial depth, depth chart, so I'm not even really going to take it for what it's worth because Tevin Coleman will be the starter. Uh, but I do see this as like a, a split kind of share committee, you know, like a 55-45 kind of split with Tevin Coleman as the starter, but Matt Breed is still getting his. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the um, what I was waiting for pretty much all season was at least some sort of injury in this whole thing to kind of – happen in order to clear clear the mud a little bit and and you know with Jerick McKinnon going down you know after one practice again and and being sent to IR it really it's 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 really making it a lot easier for me to me this is like the Matt Breida he's going to be the pass pass catching guy like like you said and Tevin Coleman's going to be the early down type of guy and 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 he's going to mix in some passes he's also good at catching passes as well um but it's it it boils down to me, like, have we seen Tevin Coleman ever finish a season and be healthy throughout a whole 16 games? I don't remember. I mean, statistically, he may have one year. I, I don't know that for sure, but it seems like he's injured at least with some sort of soft tissue issue at some point during the season. So the, the back that I want to own is Matt Breda going forward. Yeah, talking about a complete rebound from value, mm-hmm. you know, with them signing Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, who I've been preaching now for two years, is finally uh, that ship is sunk. Right. I am uh, definitely wrong on that. But to be fair, it's due to injury. Right. right. I mean, there's no way to know that a guy is going to get injured in the you know in the preseason and then he's not going to be able to come back from it. I mean, ACLs, we, we take it for granted, you know, because so many guys come back from them. It, it's no guarantee. And this guy's had a lot of issues every time he's come out and, like, tried to do anything basically on it. He's had swelling and had to go get platelet, you know, injections and stuff like that. It just doesn't sound like he's ever going to get back. They even say what kind of surgery he needs, but he needs a whole surgery, a bad enough surgery to go back on IR. So, guys, listen, this is a great time to go out there and buy Jarek McKinnon. His shares are plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I missed that one. Can't can't bat 100, but could bat 750. Right, Matt? Exactly. Right, Garrett? There you go. Yeah. So, what do you feel about this Breda, Tevin Coleman situation? I I love Matt Breda. I've been uh, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Bought a bunch of shares in the offseason if I didn't already own them. Uh, so I'm thrilled with this news. Uh, but I but I completely agree. It's going to be a split backfield. Both guys are going to be involved. Both are are, are going to get um, passing game touches, rushing touches. I think I think they're going to be used almost somewhat interchangeably at times. Um, so I think you'll see series and different plays where where they come in. The interesting thing is they did say early in their offseason uh, that they've been using Matt Burita, all, quote, all over the field. Um, so I'm curious to see how true that is because we hear a lot of these things like, oh, this person's going to do more of this and this person's going to do more of that. I want to see if that actually happens. But if that does happen, uh, that makes his value even even that much greater. Uh, but similar to Coleman, 
Uh, Matt Breda also does deal with injuries. He gets banged up a lot. A lot of times he plays through it, uh, but he gets banged up a lot too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one or both of these guys uh, miss time at some point during the season because that seems to be their M.O. Yeah, and Garrett, it was that quote that actually made me think that he would be more of the passing down or, or I guess more involved in the passing game. Because in the past, you, you know, Kyle Shanahan has even used guys like Carlos Hyde in that kind of role where he had him split out and had Hyde drop a bunch of weight and stuff like that. And so I, I could see him getting split out. And, 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 and Tevin Coleman's been using that same role too. So I'm, I'm not really sure exactly um, – what Kyle Kyle Shanahan has up his sleeve, but it sounds like he's in that role where he's going to be getting, like we'll probably see both these guys on the field at the same time, but, you know, um, uh, Breda might get split out into the slot and stuff like that. Definitely with the big yeah. question mark here at the receiving game, you know, Trent Taylor banged up. Debo Samuel listed as, you know, pretty much on the third-team offense here out the gates. Jalen Hurd's banged up. Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin as the starting receivers out there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I know he's said he came out there and tested. Uh, he wants to make those tough throws in the preseason, which makes sense. But the question, the, the passing game there is questionable. So we could look for them to be a George Kittle show and to rely on the run uh, uh, heavily here. So I think both backs are definitely good quality backs to own as flex options, maybe low-end number twos until one of those guys can really establish themselves. And, you know, honestly, I'm really jealous of Tevin Coleman because, I mean, I wish I could get banged up, banged down spang more period so it's it's for him you know that's not a bad thing Matt. you guys sit here and talk about it like it's a bad thing but that he gets banged up and or down, down. It, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really matter any way you can get it right banged all around <laughs> look at you dr okay. seuss so this is both this, the san francisco backfield is definitely a backfield to monitor here um i would try just to see the price tag on brita just to get a hold of him because there's a chance here there's a chance even though they paid coleman wasn't big money that Brita could establish himself again if he if he does what he did last year, slowly throughout the season as the guy, it's still possible. Yeah, um, that's just, if you told me, hey, Rich, you have to have one share there. Who are you taking? I'm gonna, I, I'd re, I'm going to take the cheaper end, and I'm going to take Brita. I agree. I agree with that take. More news yep, and notes here out of uh, Washington. Terry McLaurin was named yeah. the starter in Washington, and this goes back. To, I say this. I say this every year. Every year, there's a player who I have throughout the whole process, a player that I like a lot. I have him in the back end of my rookie first round in my draft. And then right around like their draft time, I fade him a little bit. And that was Terry McLaurin this year. Whole process, we had this guy in the first round, Matt. It's right. a first round pick. Yeah. The whole process because of his route running and his skill set and the upside. And right at the end, we faded him. Right at the end. Not not too far, but like a mid-second, you know, lower, you know, higher end second pick. Here he is starting out the gate. Uh, going to be a viable weapon in that offense. They have Trey Quinn to slot, Paul Richardson out the side, and we all know Paul Richardson, Matt. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. Paul Tumbleweed Richardson. Uh, a, a strong gust of wind, and that guy's blowing yeah, into dude. the stands. Here, here's about Hurricane Dorian, and he's like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> so for me, I think the best weapon here, I mean, Trey, Trey Quinn could definitely be peppered here in targets coming out of the slot, but Terry McLaurin's going to be the number one receiver in this offense. This is big news. This is big news, man. And and like you said, 
we we loved him all throughout the the pre-draft stuff and even after he got drafted we said oh you know this is great landing spot for him he's going to be with his college quarterback and then as the drafts rolled by he just seemed to slip a little bit i w- i mean i was able to get the guy in the third round in a draft which to me was just ridiculous and here he is you know out out the gates day one showing us you know we shouldn't have been fading him we should have been picking him at the early you know the early part of the second round or the late the back end of the first round i think you should i i think now is the time to make a move now like this week yeah, for Terry I, McLaurin. I agree. I, I would offer, he was most likely, like Matt said, a mid to late second, possibly a third round pick. I would offer my 2022nd and my 2023rd for Terry McLaurin right now. I'd feel okay about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, he's, he's that good of a player. He's, he's going to be in an offense for the foreseeable future with his college quarterback. And it's just a, an instant connection. Wor- his worst case scenario here down the road, let's look at it from a three to five year window here. His worst case scenario is he becomes the number two in offense that we like. That's that's on the up at least yeah. here. So that's worst case scenario. So for me, offering a 2023rd, which everybody's going to look is very valuable, which it is, right? And say a 2023rd, that's that's a lot of heat. You know, maybe you can start off with a 2022nd and see if it gets it done. I'm just going to come out the gates and come out with a 2022nd, 2023rd, just to, just to kind of knock the socks off somebody, sure. right? Okay. Make him just. I have to take yep. this. Yep. But and I think the time is now, Matt. Before before the season gets rolling, he starts rolling numbers. I mean, as a number one offense, there's a potential here. They could finish as a wide receiver three his rookie year. Hey man, we've seen it before. I mean, it wouldn't be unprecedented or anything like that. So um, I, I think you're definitely on to something there, Rich. Garrett, what are your yeah. takeaways from all this? Yeah, this is a this is a situation where where I totally agree. You buy high. Um, because his value has ascended. And so a lot of times when guys' values go up, everybody's like, oh, now's the time to sell. The value went up. No, 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 buy, buy it now because it's not going to be lower. It's only going to go up as he gets more involved in the offense, becomes the number one guy. I do agree at some point there could be a, a more physically imposing receiver that comes in there and becomes more of a true number one. Um, but he's so talented that he could easily be a one or a two on this team, uh, be very good. Uh, for for the long term, uh, I, I did a uh, look an inventory of all my teams, and the three rookie receivers that I own the most shares of are uh, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, uh, Darius Slayton, and then the third most was Terry McLaren. And uh, I'm I'm so excited now because I I think the the sky's the limit for for how well this kid uh, could do uh, with his former college quarterback. Yeah, and the news hasn't really like been out there i mean everybody's like oh wow he got he's the starter out there but it's not it hasn't broke to like oh everybody's oh maybe i should trade for terry mclaurin just be right. proactive on this and just go out there and try and get him and see what kind of offers you can you can make because you're gonna get a young valuable receiver where we don't know the the top where, where his cap is going to be right this is a potential high-end wide receiver two potentially if this offense really takes off or Worst case, a wide receiver three, which still is not bad value for a young quality receiver who's an excellent yeah, route runner, right. who's a poor, who was, you know, comp to originally, you know, that Debo Samuel kind of comp, what they were doing there with their route running skills, definitely off the line there. Uh, and he's done enough. Again, who did he beat out to be the starter wide receiver there in Washington? Not a ton, but the talent's been there throughout the whole process. That's the point, you know, like, well, where I mean, were we in January? Where were we in February? Right. Where were we in March, April? You know what I mean? Some of that we were really high on that now this is going to start the season as starter. We can't we can't let that, you know, op- make everything else opaque. I mean, he was good enough to knock a former first round draft pick off the roster. Yeah, well, that wasn't hard to do. We'll get talk to him about him later. Sure. 
Um, another news and notes I think that's going to be a little bit significant here is Brian Armstead. Not a huge shock here, but he is locked in as a, the backup to Leonard Fournette. And then to me, that's pretty significant. I don't think it's. I don't think it was a big shock to us, but I think it's new. You know, at least newsworthy or noteworthy that we say it. You know, because some people might still be like wondering who who's going to be the guy backing up Leonard Fournette. And and like we thought pre-draft, it, it's Armstead. And to me, it's a valuable position because he's a guy. You know, obviously Fournette has battled injuries throughout his short career so far, and and more times than not, the backup's going to get on the field at least for some significant you know plate, some meaningful playing time anyway. Um, during the during the season, so this is kind of a, a a guy that we pumped up during the the draft process as a guy that you want to target just for that exact same reason. So yeah, uh, so it's go, it's really coming to fruition now. Yeah, with Fournette, uh, on top of that too, he's he's dealt with those uh, off the field things. He's been suspended for three games over the course of the past two seasons. So we know that the the ice is is thin there now. He's said all the right things. The team has said all the right things in the offseason. But all it takes is one more boneheaded mistake, one more slip-up, one more, you know, whatever it is, and he could be in the doghouse easily once again. So I think it's one of the uh, more valuable handcuffs um, and one of the ones with the most upside uh, compared to a lot of the ones you're going to look at. Yeah, I'm not really overly worried about the off-field stuff. I think I, I, from a personal standpoint, feel like that's going to be kind of a part of his past. I actually think Leonard Fournette has a really good year this year and reestablishes himself as one of those dominant running backs and shows why he was taken number four overall. I mean, it's easy to forget a guy like Fournette over because of the last two years that he's had in the fantasy world. But yeah, remember when he does play, he just got the averages about over 20 points per game. I mean, he, he's a difference maker at running back and it seems to be run first. So just what the Armstead news is, this is somebody who's most likely at some point during the season going to be somebody that is going to be able to contribute to your team. And it's a run first team. And definitely if it's later in the season, you know, the playoffs, you know, where the running back situation is always in dire straits for most teams and how who can get through the season healthy. And the running back is usually the position where you, you slim out the most. Armstead might be a nice small trade target just for that kind of potential, essentially. And, you know, is Armstead going to be expensive? No, he's not going to be that expensive either. And it's just, he's just one of those guys that's considered a backup right now. But if you're going if you're going to go through the NFL landscape and tell me some running backs that you want to back up to that you feel is going to have some potential playing time at some point during the season, especially later in the season, one of the top guys on my list is for sure going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars with Leonard Fournette. So those are the guys that I'm looking at, and Armstead's going to be at the top of that list, and he just won't be that expensive. Yep, that's a good point, man. So let's move on. Um, we're going to go to the, the LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy gets cut there. I mean, we've been talking about Shady leaving the Bills now for ever. Well, I mean, they made some obvious um, telltale signs that something was going to be up when they started signing, you know, uh, TJ Yeldon and and obviously the old, the old geezer, Frank Gore. So uh, we kind of knew that something was up, you know, and, and, you know, they finally make the decision to cut him. They saved, I think, six almost six and a half million against the cap by cutting him yeah so i mean it was one of those procedural moves that made they were saying all the right things you know like oh shady's our guys you'll be able to you know carry the load and all that but when push came to shove you know they were probably behind closed doors trying to find trade partners and stuff like that but when, when push came to shove they they had to cut him and they did and he signs with uh kansas city for three million dollars guaranteed which is really good money for a running back seeing that 
Uh, Damian Williams only got 900,000 guaranteed. Right, exactly. Who never got over more than 50 yard carries in a year. Who would you rather have, Matt? Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy? Uh, LaShawn McCoy. Garrett, who would you rather have for the 2019 season? Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy? Is neither an option? No, it's not an option. Oh, okay. All right, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, okay. So the running back clearly for the future for this team is probably going to be in the 2020 draft class. But we're talking about this year. So for me, I am hoping. I I tweeted out right when the news was rumbling that Kansas City was in this. I was like, I tweeted out, now's your time to sell Damian Williams because that window is closing quickly. And it did. It closed very, very quickly. I hope you were able to get out. We've been telling you to get out forever. Right. And and the people I think that are going to say that, hey, LaShawn McCoy is washed up are the same people that are are pushing Damian Williams on you at the same time. So, I mean, they're the guys that are probably getting burned right now. And so there's a, there's a little bit of salt in that wound, and they're a little bit salty about the whole situation. But LaShawn McCoy is so so clearly like a perfect fit. I, I mean, I just don't see how you can kind of wash over that and say he's old and, and just kind of blanket statement that. Oh, well, he only averaged like two yards per touch last year. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. This with, is Kansas City. Right. With a ter- I mean, with a young quarterback, a, just a bad offense, and, and they were going through a lot of growing pains. Two years ago, 2017, he had 1,100 yards rushing and 59 catches for 448 yards. Yeah, that's not too shabby. Not too shabby. In Buffalo. In Buffalo as well, yeah. Now he's in Kansas City. They made Damian Williams a top five running back the last couple weeks of the season. What's there not to like? I don't get it. I I love it. I mean, I do. I love it. I have a, I have one LaShawn McCoy share. In my 811 leagues, I have one LaShawn McCoy share, and I need him in that league. Yeah, and that's great. I was I was just going to say, like, I mean, if you're a contending team, he's almost like the perfect guy to go after because nobody that owns him is going to be like, no way I'm holding on to this guy. If they're not, if they're not a contender, they're going to, they're going to jump at the chance to get anything for this guy right now. While, while his price just skyrocketed. So, I mean, this is like a perfect, perfect scenario for contending teams to go out and get this guy. Yeah. Make sure you get those two slices of bread, smear that doo-doo all over. And you offer that doo-doo butter sandwich to somebody for that LaShawn McCoy share. That's just, right. I mean, I'm not going to have a 2022nd for him, but I'm trying to get him. You, know, you think, it, you know, a third and something might get it done. I doubt that'll get it done, to be honest. But what do you think would get it done, Garrett? It, what do you think would get it done? You know, what? I wonder if you have one of these uh, risky young upside running backs uh, that that people like. If you could do McCoy and something for like one of those guys, uh, if that if something like that might get it done. I, I got it. I got it. Kellen right. Balage for Lashawn McCoy. Oh, I'm, oh, people love Balage. I don't get it. Uh, I would take McCoy. A hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, right. I'm telling you, that's the deal. If you have Balage, offer him for McCoy. Yeah, people are going to think you're stupid, and I'm like, oh, I just bent him over and I gave it to him rough because he just gave me Kellen Balage, who's probably going to be the starter there in Miami because you know, I I don't know why, but he's probably going to be the starter <laughs> behind the most ter- offensive offensive line there is in football, when the most least talented football team in all of football. Uh, yeah, Kellen Balage. Let me get that. He's not even the starter there. Take the starter in Kansas City over the backup in uh, Miami. Pretty simple choice. I bet that would get done. Does that, anybody else disagree? No, I, I think that probably would get it done for it really might. for anybody that's not contending. It, it would make sense, you know. You know, they could they could justify it anyway. I mean, it doesn't make sense to us, but it would. It would the 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 owner could at least justify. It. Hey, I'm getting a young, possibly 
up and coming running back for a guy that's you know not even going to be in the league in two years. Oh, for sure. I'm like, dude, this makes sense. And you're like, yeah, it does. Well, I'm making dollars. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, more news and speaking of the you know more trades here is Carlos Hyde got traded to the Houston Texans. Intriguing for, for like a weird like for a guard or something weird. Oh yeah, I mean, I looked into the trade because I just wanted to see like, is he even going to stick? You know. Well, like right guard, it probably would stick a little bit. So it's it's it kind of makes sense because it's. I mean, they're like, hey, we'll give you some right guard, and I'm like, oh, okay, here, here's Carlos Hyde on the move again. So yeah, obviously Carlos Hyde and and Duke Johnson were both with Cleveland last year, so they're they're <laughs> familiar with each other anyway. Um, and and we'll see what kind of tandem they they form. I mean, he looked pretty glue factory to me last year in Cleveland, and obviously he couldn't even you know make it over there. Um, Make it out of camp over in Kansas City, so it's which is not good either. Exactly. Uh, so Duke Johnson's clearly the own here, but in, they also traded for um, Houston. They got Carlos Hyde. They traded for Kenny Stills, and they got Laramie Tunsil. Now, obviously, the biggest news here because they gave up Heat, Heat two firsts and a second for Laramie Tunsil, who's like a top six left tackle, probably right around there, like maybe around like six. Uh, uh, he's left a tackle. yeah, he's a good young left tackle. I mean, I understand the need for them, especially. Um, from Houston's standpoint, because, you know, they gave up an ungodly amount of quarterback pressures last year to the point where, you know, it's just straight up debilitating towards their running game and their passing game. So I understand the move from a football standpoint. That's an awful lot to give up, though. You know what I mean? It's way too much, but listen, who cares about what they gave up because it's not our team, first of all. And it's it's from a fancy football perspective, which this is fantastic. This is fantastic for Deshaun Watson owners. This is fantastic yep. for DeAndre Hopkins owners. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic for Duke Johnson owners because, listen, we were worried about, you know, what, what the running back would be there in Houston. We find out it's Carlos Hyde. Okay, no worries there. The, the offensive line, somewhat shaky there on the left side. No more worries there. Hey, you own Kiki Kuti? This is good news here. Probably a good time to buy low on Kiki Kuti because everybody's still talking about Will Fuller for some reason. They bring Kenny Stills, so that, that might, like, Deter somebody like, oh, Kiki Kute gets buried. No, 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 no. Kiki Kute has already been announced as the starting slot, and Kenny Stills is backing up Will Fuller at that at the outside position. And uh, Bill O'Brien's offense really likes to utilize the slot receiver. It's mm-hmm. a heavily targeted position in his offense. Uh, even more reason why I like Duke Johnson there as well uh, for the dumbbell passes. This is all around these moves where it might not be good for the Houston Texans long term, but they're trying to win a Super Bowl. Bill O'Brien's trying to you know, get deep into the playoffs here. So for me, from a fantasy perspective, this has all been absolutely fantastic for the shares that you already have. Let me ask you this because this is this is something that I think has some outside relevance. Is this it for Bill O'Brien? Is this him pushing all his chips into the center? And if they don't make it deep into the playoffs, is he gone? Um, I don't know if they have to go deep into playoffs, but they certainly have to make the playoffs and probably win a game. But it's a pretty talented football team. I mean, they do a, lose. It, they it, do lose Davian Clowney. Yeah, which hurts a little bit for like a bag of chips, two linebackers, and a third round draft pick. It literally for a bag of chips, which they could have got the third round comp pick. Right. Which is it was weird. A, that was a bizarre move to me. All these moves are bizarre. I mean, but it happens when you have a GM. This is why you have a GM. Right. Exactly why. So, is it all in for Bill O'Brien? Potentially, but anytime you bring a new GM in. It could it could falter, but at the same time, if they go deep, you know, they go to the AFC Championship game, or you know, they barely lose in this divisional round of the playoffs. It, it could definitely give them another chance. It just we'll see because it's a it's a very talented football game, but just unfortunately, their running game is not over. I like Duke Johnson from a fantasy perspective, 
But from an NFL playoff perspective, you know, you really could use a good strong run game, and that's something they don't have there in Houston. No, they they don't. But this feels this feels like to me that they're going all in. I mean, obviously Andrew Luck retired, so that's one less. I mean, one less thing to worry about in their division. Mar- Marcus Mariota, I think we all have the sense that he's not anything to worry about either. And then Jacksonville, I think, is really their only thorn in the side in their division to to kind of get like kind of skatewalk to stop them from skatewalking right into the playoffs. And Jacksonville is going to be a little tough this year. And let's face it, there's there's some tough teams in the AFC here. You still got the Patriots, the right. Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, Kansas City, Kansas City, the Chargers, right uh, there as well. So it's there's definitely some tough teams to get through here for the Texans. They have a very solid quarterback, and he's 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 shown that he's extremely talented. But there's still a lot to prove here. In Houston, they haven't done, accomplished anything. Yes, yes, yeah. They still have, you know, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. That's a great combo. But we've seen throughout the years, combos like that aren't enough to get it done when it comes to the playoffs. Is it great for our fantasy numbers? Yes, but when you get to NFL playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. So we'll see. But from a fantasy perspective, this is great. Um, Carlos Hyde, real, not real worth quick. anything. Real quick, I just want to interject real quick. Uh, also, both of their tight ends. Kahali Waring and uh, uh, Jordan Thomas are both on the IR. So that just means more targets in the receiving game for the rest of the receivers. Yeah, so this should be, this should be, it should, like I said, I like Kiki Kuti still. Um, I'm still off on Will Fuller, but he has had a lot of success when he's with uh, Deshaun Watson healthy. It's going to be a lethal passing attack. I'll say that much. And I love Duke Johnson from a fantasy perspective. I think he's going to catch a lot of footballs out there. Um, I want a lot of shares of this for fantasy-wise, and it's all good news. Every move they've made has been good news for every share that you have. I agree. I would definitely try and flip Carlos Hyde for anything at all if I could. I mean, literally anything, a 2024th, whatever, give it it to me. Can we touch on the flip side of this a little bit? Um, The Miami Dolphins just, like, absolutely tanking. I mean, do you have – I mean, does that affect your Kenyon Drake projection at all? Does this affect – I mean – Matt, this actually – helps my Kenyon Drake position because because one this team is gonna be trailing in every game that they're in so this will be constantly trying to catch up late in the first half and the end of games and Kenyon Drake has shown one thing that he's a fantastic receiving running back out of the backfield fantastic so for a team with a terrible offensive line and a fantastic pass catcher running back he's gonna be one of those backs towards the end of games that's just gonna be peppered with targets. If he can stay healthy, this does not put me off of him at all. I think I think where he's gonna make his, you know, his fantasy bread and butter is gonna be in a passing game. And for a team that's probably gonna like second be trailing a ton, I look for Kenyon Drake to catch a lot of footballs this year. Just because the offensive line is gonna be terrible. They're gonna have to dump the football off a ton. The receiving game is not fantastic whatsoever. I think Kenyon Drake is by far the best weapon on this offense by a ton. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick could get the ball downfield pretty well, so this might help Devontae Parker a little bit too with them trailing. But again, if that offensive line is as bad as we think it is, like as bad as like Cincinnati, this team's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. And yeah. it's usually you know the quick slot receiver out there, so maybe it's like a Jakeem Grant or an Albert Wilson. I think Albert Wilson's locked in the slot there. But yep. mo- more so, I think Kenyon Drake, um, who's really shined in that in that in that position. And who knows? I mean, maybe we'll get well, maybe we'll get to see a little bit from Gesicki this year as well due to the, you know, due to the quick yeah. passing attack. I mean, he's a guy that's obviously he's come down a few notches since since draft day just cuz he hasn't shown much, but 
But who knows? Maybe he'll get a little bit more opportunity with some with some short passes. Yeah, I like I like Kenyon Drake. I mean, some people might be selling. I mean, we've been kind of pimp, pimp, pumping him up here for you know a month now. So maybe all this news has really gotten people down on Kenyon Drake. Maybe you can get him for a better bargain now. Um, definitely still targeting him for this year because he's a free agent this year. So a lot can change. But I definitely think he can help your team this year. Excuse me. Gross. Burps McGurps over here. Do you have anything you want to say about Kenyon Drake, Garrett? Garrett? Um, I, I think I'm not quite as enthused as you are uh, uh, with, with Kenyon Downer. Drake. Uh, I, 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 I do love him, and I have him uh, on a ton of teams. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. A I'm, spots for me. Garrett, I'm not enthused, and then you go, I love him? You're sending I, mixed signals. I love signals. him as a player. Yeah, you're really. You're but really I don't love the situation. Uh, so it's not it's not you. It's him. I I love the player, <laughs> not the situation. Listen, Kenny, it's, it's not you. Uh, it's your family. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Uh, but but, but the people that you surround yourself with, I'm sorry, I can't get down with those people. They're, they're bad news bears. Yeah, guilty by association. No, it, it would just move down like two or three spots for me. So not enough to change anything. From a from a, a, a real life perspective, but if I were redoing my ranks, it would go down like two or three spots. Okay, that's fair. So now he's running back uh, sixteen instead of twelve, thirteen. Yeah, something like that. Okay, All right, that's fair. All right, I like it still. I got. I mean, it definitely hurts his running game here, but I really like Kenyon Drake in the passing game. Uh, more news and notes: a couple of firm, former first round picks got cut: Laquan Treadwell and Josh Dotson. How do you get cut with a last name like Dotson? Dotson, I don't know. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, I tell you how you just don't perform. Yeah, that's probably it. So, um, <laughs> surprisingly, though, the twins signed Josh Dotson. Not the twins. The Vikings. The twins. <laughs> Screw the twins. <laughs> Ruining my tribe. Lose some Division ball games, twins. Lose. They don't already. ever lose. Um, Josh Dotson actually signs with the Vikings. Laquan Treadwell. Well, we'll see him in XFL soon enough. It's right around the corner. What a miss on that guy, huh? Yeah, he's safe to drop. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know didn't know that already. Hey, hey teaser. So is Josh Dotson. So is Josh Dotson. Gary, would you like to say anything about these two turdfergs? No, I, I think we've wasted plenty of time on them already. All right. Perfect. Uh, Nikhil Harry goes to IR for designated return. Kind of a disappointment uh, year because usually the history of the rookie receivers that go to IR has not been a good history. Uh, I mean, if you look back at the – history of the wide receivers that go to the new england patriots it's not that pretty either so Ooh, double burn uh, this this is one of those ones that could have gone either way and and let's let's hope it hasn't gone the, the bad way because he'll just be another first round draft pick that's just up and disappeared like a fart in the wind and he's i mean we've not even when he's health we've heard nothing about Nikhil harry like oh this looks like a great yeah, the it's situation. A, it's a notoriously hard offense to learn for wide receivers. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, Tom's not going to throw you the ball. And if Tom's not throwing you the ball, you're just going to be uh, over there on the bench somewhere. True. So his his true value, I mean, maybe, is this a good time to maybe put offers out for Nikhil Harry? Like maybe like around week two, week three? Only if only if you know that the owner is a savvy you know, you know owner that knows that past 
and kind of took him re- reluctantly almost because he was the best player available. But we, you know, like me, I would have that would have been in the back of my head. You know what I mean? Drafting Nikhil Harry, and if I got my my socks blown off by some sort of offer, then then yeah, I don't I don't think I'd give him up for anything less than what I drafted him for, though. Meanwhile, Terry McLaurin started in Washington. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Debo Samuel's uh, third offense there in San Francisco, who I love. Paris Campbell uh, will be starting soon enough in uh, Indy. What a good year to get Dave Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, yeah. And you should have just taken TJ Hawkinson. Oh, Garrett, what do you got to say about Nikhil? Keneal. Nikhil. Nikhil. <laughs> Nikhil. 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 Yeah. Nikhil. I'm absolutely trying to buy midway through that IR stint because I think he is going to probably come back midway through the season. Uh, so I am going to try to buy. There was enough there. Um, he was my wide receiver one for most of the process. Uh, I did about two or three weeks ago uh, switch him and J-Jaw, but um, he was my wide receiver one for most of the process. The skills are there. He does have trouble separating at times. Um, but I think once he gets things figured out, I do think he could be a, a solid wide receiver asset. I don't know that he has the ceiling that we once hoped, uh, but but who knows? I'm not I'm not ready to throw in the towel before regular season games even start. And, right. th- and that little IR stint might be exactly what he needs just to let the game kind of slow down and kind of figure out the offense as well. So it might end up being a good thing that he's sitting out and kind of kind of watching. I mean, it the works side for Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's why you should uh, just wait for a little bit and try and buy low on Nikhil uh, Harry. There you go. Yep. Um, Gio Bernard signed an extension for good money too. He's like the what, like ninth highest paid running back in the league right now. I have no idea. Yeah, that was crazy well, to I, me. I didn't see the numbers on it, so so lay it on me. Do you remember? Um, it it's was like, like two years, nine million or something like that. Yeah, somewhere right around there. So he's making about almost five million uh, a year, which is pretty good money for you know running back these days. And a lot of people are shocked to that uh, and wondering how he's going to be used. Probably going to be utilized a little bit more out of the slot to pass catch a running back. Probably hurts Joe Mixon a little bit. Joe Mixon's been somebody who I've been saying for a little while, somebody I've been fading. Um, even like before, like in every redraft league, I just crossed Joe Mixon off my list. He's just not somebody I want anybody to do. He's somebody I took out of my running back list, actually. Um, I got a Joe Mixon bold prediction here for the next episode. I'll save that one uh, for the next prediction I have here. But hurts him a little bit because you're not paying somebody $5 million and not going to use them. Yeah, it's two years, ten point three million. I just looked it up. So yeah, it is roughly five million dollars a year. For, and I mean, Gio Bernard. I mean, literally was just like thrown to the wayside here in the dynasty world. Like nobody wanted anything to do with him. Now he's locked in in Cincinnati for two more years. I was going to say, I, th- I think there was an assumption that that Joe Mixon could do everything, and therefore he would be doing everything. And, and, and obviously, the, the team has a little little bit different view of it. Yeah, because they saw the offensive line. They're like, Joe Mixon's not going to make it out of here alive. And, and Joe Mixon <laughs> needs some insurance. Uh, Joe Mixon, for the record, I think I was the lowest on him as far as ranking him as well, like in, in our actual rankings. In the actual side. dynasty rankings? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you had him already down like 550. I had him, I think, at like 40 something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think but, Joe Mixon's a talented running back in a really bad situation. He's in him. a horrible situation, and that offensive line is terrible so they're gonna have a hard time running the ball this year i i still i'm still i wouldn't say i'm a buyer but i'm still believing in him i just really think that offense is going to be tailor-made for for what joe mixa can do uh the the joe or the uh geo bernard news does hurt um i do wonder if maybe some of that ppr upside uh is going to be caps now uh but i do still think that he should be considered uh, a top 10 a top 12 running back 
No, why? Garrett, why? He finished his running back 11 last year, and everything was the offensive line was better. The weapons around him were better. There's less Gio Bernard action going around. He wasn't making $5 million a year. So, like, what is he going to do this year to really surpass what he did last year when we got a lot of other running backs coming in for him for the taking? I mean, where is he going to finish? I mean, this is, you know well, what I mean? It's, it's, you, you look at the top 10 back, and then when this 2020 class comes in, I mean, then we're – then where does he, you know, shuffle down even a little bit more? I mean, where's there to me? I don't see how Joe Mixon is possibly going to improve on what he did last year. I mean, the offensive line was terrible last year too. It's not like it's drastically different. They were both, you know, yeah, it is worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's drastically worse. I would say it's when you say it's not drastically different. I would disagree. I think it's drastically worse. Everybody that I was mean, starting last year is either gone or hurt. I mean, they're picking guys up off the garbage heap here to put in an offensive line. But we also had he missed he missed a little bit of time last year. So assuming he stays healthy, that would give him a little bit of a bump. And on top of that, we got a completely new offense. Marvin Lewis's offense, that entire team just looked lethargic last year. They looked like they just didn't even want to play. Uh, I think this new offense is going to put guys in much better positions than they were in last year. And I think you're going to scheme him yards as opposed to just him having to figure out how to get yards. Okay, you're right. They have a new offense. A new offense where the head coach felt good enough to give Gio Bernard a two-year contract extension with $5 million, making him one of the top 12 paid running backs in the NFL today. So you're right. They probably are going to scheme some of this passing running back or scheme the running back system to, to, for, for the running back as well. But we have to assume now that Gio Bernard is going to be utilized in this offense. Again, you don't sign somebody like Gio Bernard uh, that kind of running back could be had. You, you you could have made it put a claim in there for you know like a guy like Josh Adams. There's there's running backs that could get had out there that you'd have to give five million dollars a year to. So they obviously throughout training camp and OTAs that Zach Taylor felt really good about Gio Bernard and his skill set and what he could bring to this offense to pay him what five times more than they're paying Joe Mixon as it is already and. We do know Joe Mixon can catch the football well. We do know that, but they still brought Gio Bernard back. So with the offensive line worse, with no OJ, AJ Green, with no certainty at the, the tight end position, or who the heck the number two receiver is until AJ Green comes back, or when he's coming back well, here. Well, he was gone a lot last year, too. I understand that. But again, AJ Joe Mixon finishes running back 11. He finishes running back 11. I don't see where this, like upside is coming from from Joe Mixon. I don't see how he can be better than last year. And we have other running backs that were hurt last year. They're going to be healthy this year with the emergence of Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. I, le- I expect Leonard Fournette to be significantly healthy this year. Um, Dalvin Cook coming back significantly healthy this year. Nick Chubb going to be the starter for most of the season. It just There's so many more talented guys out here. Now we're not even talking about the PPR guys. I, I think – I think Duke Johnson is going to outperform when it comes to fantasy PPR points. Joe Mixon. How's that for a bold prediction? Whoa. Whoa. We, we might have to do some sort of dynasty nerds bet on that. Oh, we will. We will bet. We'll bet it. We will bet that bet. <laughs> I will take Duke Johnson. I'm saying it right now. I'm going to say it right now. Duke Johnson will have more fantasy points in PPR leagues than Joseph Mixon. We'll figure out the particulars. That's a bet between yeah. Rich and and Garrett. Lock it down, lock it up, put it behind bars, write it down, take a picture. I don't give it. I'm here for you, Garrett. Did you say put him behind bars? Garrett? Did Joe Mixon do something again? 
He's very aggressive. You he's got, got, a, you, got, got you got really to keep that game. into account there, Garrett, as well. So speaking, <laughs> let's speak of uh, if I'm giving that bold prediction, let me give you one more bold prediction I had for the next show. So I can just drop it on you guys now before we lead into the show to show you what we're going with for the nerd herd members. So in case you're like, hey, I want an extra podcast from these guys. You know, like I, I dig this show. Mm-hmm. I can use eight shows a month instead of four. Yeah, what does that cost me? A cup of coffee a month? Three bucks? That's it. Three bucks and I get all these guys' rankings and buy sell tools and all that cool stuff? Psh, coffee's on me, Rich. Not Garrett, because he's a loser. Now they're saying uh, Joe Mixon has outperformed Duke Johnson. Who thinks like that 99% of the world? I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt does too. Um, Darius Geis is being talked about again. As Here, here it is. Uh, Gruden's out here saying, oh, dude, we view... You know, Darius Geis is somebody that's going to catch the ball, a true three-down back. Um, pretty much what he was talking about last year, right? Uh, pretty much the same thing, yeah. Now, in the preseason so far, even though, okay, so Darius Geis played the third game, right, for uh, for them? Yes. Didn't yeah, really see that. Ex- did. Didn't really look overly explosive. Wait a, wait a second. And uh, wait who a was second. in on third down the whole time? I would imagine Chris Thompson. It was Chris Thompson. Yeah. I ain't buying this. Darius Geis doesn't catch all these footballs. This is coach speak. I don't want to hear it. I'm not buying it. My bold prediction is Darius Geis will not finish in the top 24 in fantasy football points in PPR leagues. That's nuts. Bold prediction. That's nuts. Not the top 24. Why don't don't you get one of mine out of the way then as well? Uh, Because mine is Darius Geis will finish the year as an RB1. Oh, my. Can we get a parlay on these two bets? Wow, Garrett. I'm not saying you're the dumbest man alive, but you better hope that guy doesn't die. Because, listen, that's a terrible take. Darius Geis, Geis has... It's a hot take. It's supposed to be hot. Darius Geis has about a 0.1% chance to finish as a top 12 in a running backs. Garrett, explain yourself. <laughs> okay, first of all, Adrian Peterson did very well in that offense last year. Uh, They have similar offensive line. I know Williams is going to be missing. Uh, At some point, I do expect him to be back. Uh, They have better offensive weapons in the the receiving game, so there's going to be less pressure uh, on guys stacking the box all the time. Uh, And I just think he's a really, really talented player. Watching all of his tape, I think he's an explosive runner. I think he's very physical. Um, and I think he's an underrated pass catcher. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a three-down back all of the time, um, but I think he'll catch enough passes uh, to be fantasy relevant. Now, do or to be a, a, a top 24 running back, that's where I had him. I had him around like 15, 16. But my hot take is that he that he hops inside the top 12. Wow, that hot take should just turn to ashes uh, because that's a terrible take, Eric. You're you're wrong. I'm happy to tell you you're wrong. I'm here to I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. Your opinions uh, are wrong. Your opinions are wrong. I know it's your opinion, but it's a bad opinion. There's no way that Darius Geis is going to be a top 12 running back. He won't be a top 16 running back, and I'm telling you, he won't be a top 24 running back. He's not going to be very viable in the passing game because listen, the third down running back is going to be Chris Thompson. He made the roster. That's his strength. That's where they're going to use him. And yes, is Darius Geis probably going to be the starter? Yeah. Is he a terrible running back? No. But he is a running back coming off an ACL injury. And like we were talking about, Jarek McKinnon, uh, you know, some players, they, they don't come back as strong as you th- you'd like them to. And Adrian Peterson's still there. And AP, you're right. Adrian Peterson did look okay last year. Where Matt, where did he finish last year? Uh, I believe it was running back 19. So that's not too shabby. So listen, 
Adrian Peterson's going to get some carries there, right? He's going to get some carries. It's just, it's plain and simple. Darius Geis is going to get some carries. Who's not going to catch a lot of footballs. And listen, do we think this Washington offense is going to score a ton of touchdowns? Nobody thinks this Washington offense is going to score a ton of touchdowns. This is not going to be a team that's going to move the ball downfield easily. Uh, we're going to look for a rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, who's only got one year started, who I like long-term, but I do not like him uh, his rookie year here. This is going to be a team that's going to have a top-10 draft pick that I do love what they did in the draft, and I like what they're going to build for the future, but 2019 is not the Washington Redskins year. This is not a team that you're going to want a lot of fantasy football shares in. Jordan Reed's already banged up, and he's still in concussion protocol. To me, there's no way possible Darius Geis is going to be paying uh, a top uh, end running back because I think for the most part, at the end of the game, when they're trying to play catch-up, you're going to see a lot of Chris Thompson on the football field, not a lot of Darius Geis on the football field. My bold prediction, which is probably going to be another bet we're going to have to make, Garrett, is, and I, I won't even take yours. I, I'll give you the even better end of the deal. I won't even take your bet that he'll be a top 12 running back. I'll just take the bet he won't even be top 24. All right, it makes it easier. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. Challenge accepted. Now, what do you think of that? Where do you lean on this? I mean, honestly, I, I think the I think the truth is somewhere probably in the middle. Okay, and, but and if you game. had to pick a side, Garrett's side, top 12, or me out of the top 24, what is more likely? Uh, no, I think out of the top 24 is probably more likely. Oh, in your face, Garrett. In your just, face. Just, <laughs> just because I don't think he's going to make a top 12 performance, but I, but I do think he's going to end up as a running back too somewhere. But probably outside the top 24. But no, I, I think it's probably <laughs> going to be in the middle somewhere. But. There's a running back too outside the top 24. <laughs> yeah, There's exa- so exactly. many running backs. They're going to finish above him. It's not even, it's not, it's not even fair. It's not even fair. I mean, there's, there's only 24 spots to be a running back too. That's what I'm saying. And you think this guy's going to finish as one of them. I think he. I think he can. Yes. And there's 32 teams in the NFL. You realize that, right? I do also realize that. Okay. I'm actually I mean, pretty handy with with the mathematics. I, I just want to make sure. And we like Matt Breda, right? We do. And we like Tevin Coleman. Sure. Ooh, that's two running backs on one team. I know that we think could be potentially top 24. Unbelievable. All right. Huh? Do we like Kenyon Drake on a really shitty team? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Okay. And I already had Joe Mixon on the top 20. Uh, not top 24, but he's out of the running back one, too. So that's going to push him down a little bit. Yep. I mean, Austin Eckler likely going to finish as a top 24 running back? Eh, I don't really think so. Probably? Eh. Potentially? Maybe. Is he going to catch more footballs than Darius Geis? Pro- probably. I heard I heard Darius Geis is pretty good at catching footballs. I mean, that's what Jay, that's what Jay Gruden's telling us, exactly. right? Exactly. This guy is a three-down back. Sure, Jay. You, t- you keep preaching that in the unemployment line next year, okay, buddy? We'll see you there, all right? Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take paper and plastic. Thank you so much. Oh wait, you're super rich still. Sorry, never <laughs> never mind. So that's it. That's our uh, that's our uh, going into the season episode. Man, I cannot believe it's here already. I'm so excited. I I'm so excited. I refuse to stand up right now because I don't want to like I don't want to show off. You don't want to embarrass yourself. We I understand. Show, I don't want to show off yep. in front of you. I know Garrett's not here, so it's you know it's not fair to him. <laughs> I'm sure he's all broke up about that. Uh, so next episode, we're going to do our bull prediction for the season. And if you could tell anything where we just went with this, it's going to be a fun episode. <laughs> because Absolutely. I've got some really good hot takes coming your way that are probably for sure going to be good. Obviously, if we have any taste of what Garrett's bringing, uh, it's going to be pretty bad. And I'm of, just going to have a couple of interjections here and there. A lot of bad information coming your way from Garrett's side. But from my side, <laughs> I'm going to get you all prepped up and pumped up. Okay. So yeah. uh, until then, we'll be back next week reviewing week one of the NFL season, man. Oh, man.
That's how, that is a good ring to it. So if you want to like talk that. fantasy football in the meantime, then, all right, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Price. Don't hit me up on Sunday morning because I'm going to be tailgating for the Browns game. I'm going to be wasted. Oh, man. All right, false. I don't get extremely wasted for Browns games because I like to enjoy the game. Yeah. I will be intoxicated. Partaking. I will be partaking. Yeah. Early because I'm tailgating. Nice. I'll be drinking some uh, some mimosas. Wow. Some What else is fruity? Um, sangria. A little yeah. fruit, fruit and wine. Dude, when I was in Europe, these kids were drinking sangria. I ain't drinking sangria. All right. Kids are out there at lunchtime drinking sangria. I'm looking at these kids. All right, Harry Buffalo. I don't know, dude. Just, What's uh, that? You don't remember Harry Buffalo from college? Oh, I do remember Harry. I forgot they even existed. Yeah. We'll talk about this off there. All right. Um, that's it. In the meantime... Make sure you follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure to check out DynastyNerds.com every day. We have, what, two, three articles dropping on that bad boy a day what? for free, just giving you all this quality information when it comes to fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football. Don't miss out. Check out DynastyNerds.com today. Also, if you want to help, you know, not just from us and the community, the world, make sure to check out our Facebook page. Matt, we're about to go over 6,000 users. 6K. That's a lot of people to give you your opinion about dynasty fantasy football. I can't wait till I get a 6K, like, TV. And blow my eyes right out of the sockets. Ooh, just like emerge in there. I can't wait to get a 4K TV. <laughs> I'm like way behind. I'm you, still on the 3K. You still don't have a 4K? No. Oh, man. I've got five big screens in there, and they're all like. So when know. I come over here and watch these football games on Sundays, it's going to be in crappy 1080p. Matt, high def <laughs> is high def. Okay? I don't it's know. definitely can, high def. I don't know if I can come over anymore, Rich. Well, Matt, I don't know if I'm going to invite you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, these kind of takes over there, unappreciative. unappreciative. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So until then, we back week one. Hope your team stay wealthy, healthy. And the most important thing is, I hope you all come away with a W. That's right, fellas. Stay wealthy, my friends. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.